Hello, welcome to another installment of the Central American Group's podcast, in which experts discuss topics related to doing business in Costa Rica, El Salvador, and the rest of the region. Hello, welcome to another installation of the Central American Group's podcast. In this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Crawford. Andrew is with a Costa Rican governmental group called Procomer, and I will let him tell us a little bit about himself and his organization. How are you doing today, Andrew? Hey, Stephen. Uh, thank you for having me. Like you said, I'm Andrew Crawford, um, Trade Commissioner and Director of uh, the Export Promotion Agency of Costa Rica. I'm based out of uh, Houston, Texas. I cover the southwest of the United States, including some mountain states as well. And um, um, I've been involved in the field of uh, export and uh, foreign direct investment promotion for the last uh, 18 years. And I've been representing Costa Rica in uh, different countries and in different avenues for uh, trade development. Right now, our focus is basically the central U.S. and showcase and represent uh, and uh, Costa Rica to give a better understanding of what are the opportunities that we have going on in the industry of advanced manufacturing and any others that are available in our country and uh, show a great potential to do business in the United States. We had the good fortune of meeting last week at a conference in Austin, Texas. And one of the things that was pretty impressive is when one of the speakers asked the attendees how many of them uh, uh, have had the opportunity to visit Costa Rica, it looked as though 90% of the, uh, the audience's hand was raised. And after that, yes. you know, it was determined that most of the folks down there uh, had been uh, visiting for tourism purposes. But, you know, as as the program progressed that day, we we spoke a little bit about Costa Rica's capacities beyond tourism. Um, In addition to that and agribusiness and some real estate investment, there are other sectors that play an important role in the Costa Rican economy and its development. Can you tell us about that? Uh, Yes, and uh, it really made me laugh last week as well when I basically, uh, you know, saw so many hands that were raised by the time they asked about being in Costa Rica. I was so happy about it because it really reflects the level of connection that uh, U.S. people have with, with my country, and I really felt proud of it. Um, but there's a secret, I would say, Stephen, that many people are not aware of. And um, uh, Costa Rica's GDP in tourism is just about 5% of the total production of the economy, whereas uh, non-related tourism exports represent more than 30% of the GDP. So Costa Rica is an export-based country, and only 5% of that export-based country is tourism. The other 30% is just general exports in many other sectors. And that's something people, most of the times, they just don't know about it. And um, in the meantime, uh, the main product of our economy uh, right now in terms of exports is medical devices and equipment related to the industry in medical devices. That's something that some people, many people are not aware of. Uh, we have more than 30 years of experience and extensive knowledge in the advanced manufacturing industry. So we could say the country has become a key contributor within, within the industry. Um, right after uh, Mexico, Costa Rica is the second largest exporter of uh, medical devices uh, to the United States. And um, basically that is because we have been able to develop a robust 
uh, supply chain, uh, a country that really focuses on offering uh, reduction uh, programs in terms of cost. Um, we really try to make sure that our talent is totally involved in the, the, the problem solving uh, capacity, which is something that we really like if we compare it ourselves to other countries, which are more focused on a high intensive production, but not much more into like the questioning the processes of production and our talent is really focused on that. Uh, the possibility of designing, prototyping, doing research and development. So we could say the country has become a, a sophisticated uh, destination for the advanced manufacturing, Stephen, for sure. You know, one thing that's pretty impressive that I learned over the last few years of uh, having contact with uh, a free zone with whom I work in Costa Rica is the fact that Costa Rica in the late 40s abolished its army. And at that time, I believe that they were putting about 7% of GDP into the armed forces. And ever since the late 40s, that uh, funding has been put into health and education. So, you know, in Costa Rica, you're, you're getting a highly trained workforce that's quality. And uh, from my understanding, English is taught from a very young age. So you're getting bilingual, well-trained, well-educated workers. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe that is one of the reasons that we have been seeing how a proven track record has been consolidated uh, in, in the country for, you know, attracting, you know, these, these type of, of uh, investments and, and projects to Costa Rica. Uh, some of those, uh, you know, tangibles that you mentioned, Stephen, are hard to find in Latin America. And I'm, I'm not just you know, bragging about it is just the reality. If you go to OECD, uh, you know, statistics, if you go to World Bank statistics, if you go to World Economic Forum statistics, you're going to always see Costa Rica in the very top list of those, uh, you know, organizations. And, and that really, you know, is part of the decision-making process that um, companies, you know, evaluate when they just trying to do an investment or trying to find new partners in a region. For example, Right now in Costa Rica, you could say like uh, more than 380 high-tech companies have presence in the country. Out of that number, 40 are Fortune 500 companies. And the most interesting thing is that 14 of the top 30 medtech OEMs of the world are also operated in Costa Rica. Uh, when I go to the aerospace exports, uh, the component is, is a 38% uh, of, of high-tech content uh, to global value chains when we talk about aerospace. When you talk about medical devices, you're going you're gonna to find that we go from class one to class three medtech products uh, that are basically being developed in the country. Another asset that is a very interesting thing, 99% uh, uh, of the energy of Costa Rica is a clean energy. It's either is hydro, solar, wind, or geothermal. So you become a manufacturer uh, supported by a clean energy grid uh, in Costa Rica once you decided to do business down there. That's, that's a great thing for those who are really, you know, focusing and understanding the impact that we can have in the environment. And uh, maybe one of the interesting uh, things uh, that I would like to also highlight when you mentioned about the quality of, of, you know, of the investments that we have in education um, we do have created an ecosystem of uh, qualified, savvy, STEM-oriented talent 
uh, that question uh, uh, the processes. They question the processes and, and the projects and how basically things should be run. And that is a key highlight. Um, multinational stakeholders, decision makers always put on the table when we ask them how they feel about, about Costa Rica. So um, if you put that equation along with the uh, uh, tax, tax incentives that we, we offer, which are basically part of the Zona Franca or the free zone model, I mean, the possibility of coming with a, 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 you know, a fast-paced ROI uh, in a short to midterm is just you know, a great possibility. And that's, that's basically what we try to present and offer uh, when we present the case of Costa Rica, Stephen. Yeah, one of the things that you brought up is the uh, free zone regime in Costa Rica. And, and what we've seen is that although some countries may have uh, lower line worker wages, uh, when you factor in uh, Costa Rica's tax breaks that they give to companies that locate there, uh, Costa Rica comes out pretty favorably in terms of total cost of doing business. So I think that that's important for listeners to know. Um, when companies come to Costa Rica, what do you see mainly uh, in terms of business uh, structures? Uh, do they look to establish contract manufacturing facilities? Do they look to do greenfield investments from the ground up? How does that work? Well, um, I think it's a combination of both, uh, Stephen, from my, my perspective. And um, when you want to do an assessment of a project, uh, sometimes companies go like, um, I want to do contract manufacturing in the first case. And if, if things basically they you know, go goes well, I'm just going to jump into a foreign investment. That's basically how they like to, to uh, you know, start the process. And uh, we we have the platform available for that. So it's not only uh, the free zone uh, uh, regime is not only taught for, uh, you know, huge investors and investments. I mean, uh, a minimum investment of $150,000 in assets uh, is is the, the minimum investment that you're going to need uh, in a specific period of time to be completed in order to, you know, basically uh, use those incentives that we have and we put available for a number of years. That's basically, I've done another conversation, a little more technical in terms of all the aspects. But anyways, it's just a matter of understanding that the level of investment that you're going to need in Costa Rica for like, you know, being able to receive those incentives is $150,000. And that's that's something that really calls the attention of many people. Um, now, um, we always present the government stability as a, as a, as a great factor in, in terms of making a decision. Costa Rica is a very friendly nation uh, to the United States. It's the oldest democracy in Latin America, it, which is something that creates certainty uh, in our case. Uh, people also, um, they ask us uh, what the ecosystem offers in terms of the capacities between the OEMs and the different tiers that operate uh, down there, um, the level of linkages that flow on daily basis from those uh, tech parks in Costa Rica, uh, free zone parks, one part to the other, interchanging and working together for developing a project. 
And most of these linkages come along with programs uh, which are fostered by the government as well, that we get very much involved in those programs for uh, fostering and developing linkages in between. And in the meantime, um, being able to work along with another portion of the government, which is the training institute, which facilitates the possibility of, of creating curricula and, and, and capabilities and training totally specific to the needs of a company. So we also get involved in that. Uh, the academia get involved in that. And those who invest, they can also get the benefit of, you know, being, uh, you know, funded uh, uh, for a number of employees that might take part of their payroll or might take part of their project in the near future. So those are the type of, of things that we try to put, you know, together. And in the meantime, another interesting secret that we have in Costa Rica, Stephen, is that there are no unions in the private sector in Costa Rica. Um, we rather decided to develop a model uh, that creates a fund between employers and employees uh, to properly address uh, needs um, such as like money lending with, uh, you know, attractive interest rates, um, people that need seasonal savings for supporting different moments of the year in terms of spending, for example, a back to school moment of the year, which is something that really becomes a burden for families. And uh, that fund is even able to cover the process of a future severance in, in, in case takes place. So the, the name of this is uh, Workers Association or Asociación Solidarista, and it's a free will and non-mandatory model that basically works. And we always present it to investors as a great way to keep up with a relationship with their employees, keep them motivated, and in the meantime, uh, you know, uh, deal with the realities of the legislation in Costa Rica in terms of being also supporting uh, economic and social development of their employees as well. Well, that's uh, a lot of good information. Uh, one thing that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch upon in our conversation is the whole concept of nearshoring activities. Yeah. Um, could you tell us how those activities may have accelerated, especially in the times of supply chain difficulties with you know, companies that are far flung and geographically distant from North America? Yes, and and uh, that's that's a great question, Stephen, and and um, and I think um, uh, I don't only want to like relate this this case to Costa Rica, but we we've seen the Americas itself experiencing the realities of you know uh, um, having a lot of Western companies come into the conversation of what can I do in your country and and what benefits do I get if I do something in your country. But if when you get to do the assessment of the different, you know, countries that are in the conversation, for some reason, Costa Rica, and I don't want to disregard at all uh, any others, but Mexico, Costa Rica are in a very, you know, competitive conversation, both with their characteristics and their features and their specifics, because at the end of the day, you cannot compare them at this very same level. But for one purpose, one country works pretty well. And for other purpose, the other country might work pretty well. But both countries are in, a, in an interesting conversation right now in terms of how we see a great number or greater number of, um, of uh, companies trying to see at what level they can do relocations or bringing their contract manufacturing processes to the, to the Americas. So uh, we want to say that uh, that that has given us the, the leverage of not only 
calling ourselves a near shoring destination, but, but also a friend shoring uh, destination in a global context like the one we, that we are facing right now. And um, this friend shoring, uh, let's say, destination that we call ourselves because of the great level of relationship we have the United States um, also comes along with uh, the free zone regime incentives that we offer that are very friendly and are and are and are very you know in a in a in a path uh, that is expected to basically solve many of the financial problems and global value chain problems companies have during these you know present times. So um, um, the work that we have seen has increased about thirty percent uh, from from year to year, and totally is related to companies questioning. Uh, what can I do? How can I do it? We've been signing a good number of NDAs this year because there's some interesting projects that you know, we cannot disclose uh, clearly at the direction they go. And um, in the meantime, when you mentioned to these companies, this is a safe destination. We don't have an army since 1948. You're going to find uh, extremely good literacy rates, people who speak more than two languages, three, four languages, uh, you're going to have daily flights uh, from and to uh, the main cities in the United States, coast to coast. Um, you're not going to have a language barrier. Uh, most of the people in the business field in Costa Rica speaks fluent English. You're not going to have issues with time zones in the meantime. You're going to find uh, high quality certifications at different level in terms of the different programs that you're going to have. And one of the key elements is that you're also going to find uh, certainty in terms of free trade agreements. We have 15 free trade agreements implemented with the United States, with Europe, with Canada, even with China, we have a free trade agreement that helped us to bring down raw materials and intermediate goods to transform them into the free zone and then export it to third markets, including the US. So this gives uh, access to two thirds of the GDP. Uh, we have access to more than 50% of the global population that are basically living in those countries that have a free, free trade agreements with Costa Rica. And uh, we are pretty much you know, feeling that uh, the country is a small lap to, to become an international solution uh, for those companies who are trying to reduce uh, processes, issues with rework, production costs, uh, the, the barrier of language, and any other aspects that you know we find when we try to go far east or we go to Asia, Stephen. Andrew, one of the aims of the podcasts that we do is to present people with useful and relevant information. But beyond that, what we like to do is offer folks like yourself as sources of information and assistance to listeners that have an interest in, in Costa Rica yep. and Central America as a whole. Um, that being said, can you do two things to close it out? Number one, Tell us the services that ProComer can offer to people that are potential investors. And number two, tell our audience, please, how they can get into contact with you at your Houston office so that you can be of service to them. Absolutely, Stephen. And um, maybe the most important thing that you got to keep in mind and, and so the audience is that since we're a government entity, 
Our services are 100% free of any charges or fees. Our services are totally free, which is something that is very important in terms of the uh, quality of information that we generate, the due diligence information that you might need to understand the process for doing business with Costa Rica. Everything is basically free. Now, stuff that we basically and, and we usually do, we um, offer the possibility of uh, traveling to Costa Rica any time of the year and we will provide assistance. We, we can basically funnel down a specific profile of companies that require a specific type of, uh, you know, um, um, spec for a project. So uh, we can basically present those companies, do the, the uh, homework of finding those companies, which are basically part of our export platform, do a, like a pre-filter to those, uh, you know, uh, potential, you know, suppliers to a specific, you know, client in the United States. If those, uh, you know, capabilities are well, we can uh, do or, or organize a visit to Costa Rica, or we can do a remote set of calls uh, with this uh, supplier, we can basically assist with the process of giving an understanding of what is the level of the culture to business in Costa Rica. If you want to go down to Costa Rica and do facility visits, we can also prepare that to you. We can drive you down around the country. We can present you with stakeholders down there. We can basically connect you with the different uh, stakeholders that are related to the different uh, let's say, responsibilities that uh, the country uh, has constructed in the foreign trade infrastructure that we have available. So every single uh, player in, in the field will get to, you know, facilitate the information and services that they need. And in the meantime, if they need logistics, uh, let's say, uh, connections, if they need legal connections, if they need any type of other stakeholder connections in the process of understanding what will be the best way to manage a project with Costa Rica, we can also do that. We're the very first entry and we create all the platform for, for that purpose. So while uh, we have, uh, you know, given this service for many years, we have satisfied customers all nationwide from the, from the East Coast to the West Coast to the Central U.S., we have cases of cases, some very specialized, uh, you know, projects that we have put down uh, for investing or for contract manufacturing that requires the protection of, of intellectual property. I mean, everything will be depending on a case by case. That's something that we can create and build. We also have an event every year, which is our contract manufacturing tour. We do it every September where we gather a list of of manufacturers in different regions in the United States. And we organize side tours where we include transportation. We provide even accommodation and meals during that week in September. So companies can have, you know, like a catered service from our government during one week. And we take them to the different facilities and develop the agenda during that specific week. We also have some other venues during the year that we can help to connect. And uh, they can use my uh, my direct email to reach me out, uh, Stephen, which is uh, the initial uh, letter of my name, which is A. That is part uh, Andrew, my name. A will be my uh, the the first letter of the email, and then Crawford, C R A W F S and Frank O R D A Crawford at Procomer, which is P as in Paul, R as in Robert. O as in Oscar, C as in Cat, O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, E as in Edward, R as in Robert, dot com. 
acrowford at procomer.com. That's basically my um, email and you can hit me with a phone call as well, which is 832-940-8587. 832-940-8587, Stephen. And thank you for allowing me to just present uh, the case of Costa Rica and sharing uh, this valuable information with your audience. This is very useful information. Uh, I'm sure that uh, those that listen to it will put it to good use. I want to thank you for joining us today, and hopefully we'll have a lot of interaction in the future. Appreciate it, Stephen. Wish you a great afternoon and, and very best uh, for the rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Sign up to receive the Central American Group's quarterly newsletter by visiting www.thecentralamericangroup.com. <laughs>